0: track at the wall it's gone home run turns on a ball deep right field oh what a game what a moment what is up everybody welcome into another episode of flipping bats all the game twos from around the league are wrapped up we got braves phillies today we got dodgers d-backs today we had games yesterday as well but alex today was wild we got what might be what is one of the craziest finishes in postseason history. We got all that to break down. We have a lot of higher seeds that have their backs against the wall, to say the least right now. But whatever side you're on, a very entertaining day in Major League Baseball.
1: It was like the tale of two completely different games today. And it all started with the Braves. It was not looking good for the Braves today, especially since they are 0-30 in postseason history, when trailing by four or more runs, and then they totally redeemed themselves. That was an insane comeback.
0: One and thirty now. <laughs> one in 30. It was 0 and thirty, but now <laughs> they got that one under their belt because they were down four runs, came storming back, win the game five to four. And Alex, this this became an instant classic yeah. because of how it ended. Um, one in the bottom of the eighth, Austin Riley with a two-run homer. They were down four to three. Two-run homer makes it 5-4. And then in the top of the ninth, one of the greatest plays you will ever see to end a baseball game, especially a playoff game, deep fly ball out to uh, right center field. Michael Harris runs almost 100 feet yeah. to make the catch, a jumping catch up against the wall. Uh, to That was the second out of the inning with a runner on first base, by the way. Bryce Harper was on first base, makes an incredible catch out there, crashing into the wall then throws it back into the infield uh, past the past the middle infielders. Yeah. But then Austin Riley comes over from third base, scoops it up, makes a sick throw to first base, ending the game on that double play. It was the first double play that started that involves an outfielder in postseason history to end a game. And it was the first 8-5-3 double play in postseason history. Both of those things happened on the last play of the game. History was made. Shout out Michael Harris II. Obviously, a great play out in center field. Yeah. But Alex, to me, that play, and I, I don't want to say I don't want to discredit Michael Harris II. Obviously, that's one of the that's a great catch. But what Austin Riley did, yeah, on that play, coming out of his position to come over, back up that throw from the outfield, and make this like. Slow roller play in the middle of the field, totally out of position to get to it uh, the way he had to field it and throw to first to double off Bryce Harper and end the game. It was the greatest play that I have seen in a postseason game. Great game, great finish, instant classic of a playoff game. Fantastic game.
1: Okay, so we mentioned the catch. We mentioned the throw. We mentioned the double play. But we got to talk about Bryce Harper and that base running mistake. What was your feeling about that?
0: I, I, not, not a mistake. Listen. What? Yeah. How? Listen, anybody, anybody that is talking about Bryce Harper making a mistake there on the bases is absolutely wrong. And let me, let me tell you why, because I get it. And this has become the conversation out there of, well, Bryce Harper, huge mistake. No, he didn't. He didn't. Let's talk about this situation, okay? Deep fly ball out to center field, one out in the ninth inning, you're down one run. yeah, okay? What you're taught to do as a baseball player is get out, get out there, get to second base, see what happens, and then retreat if he makes the catch. Now, in this situation of the game, Bryce Harper, as the tying run with one out in the ninth, decided, okay, he has to make one of the greatest catches in postseason baseball in order for him to to get this out. And if he does that, I'm going to tip my cap, and that's going to end the ballgame. But if he doesn't make that catch, I am going to score. Okay, And he does not score that run if he's standing on second to see what he does. If he's halfway to second, if he goes all the way to second and watches to see what happens out there in the outfield with Michael Harris and Ronald Acuna, if that ball drops, guess who's behind Michael Harris, about 10 feet behind him. You can see him in the video. About 10 feet behind Michael Harris ready to play the ball off the wall. That's Ronald Acuna Jr. with one of the strongest arms in baseball. If Bryce Harper is standing on second base, he does not score. He takes the risk of rounding second base. And if that ball drops, it's a tie ball game. It didn't, ball game over, but it's worth the risk because let's say he goes out to second base. And again, I have been through a million of these drills with the Tigers. I hated it. Base running drills. We all know base run. Okay, ball out into the gap. You're on first base. What do you do? Okay, well, you go as far as you can where you feel like you can get back to first base if he makes that catch. Okay, fine. I get out to second base, he catches it, I get all the way back. But in this situation, what are the Phillies going to Two outs, down one in the ninth inning with a runner on first base? No, you're going to take that chance that the center fielder doesn't make a five-star catch, one of the greatest catches you'll see in postseason baseball, and if he doesn't make that catch, you're scoring. You take that chance every single day, Bryce Harper, great base running, in my opinion. You end up getting thrown out. You took that chance, so be it. You live with it because now, if you don't get, if you get back to first base, there's two outs in the ninth inning anyway, and the game's probably over anyway. You can't the game, say that, though. You can't I can't say that. Though, say that. If, if the
1: game's not over mm. if you still have guys coming up to the plate in the ninth inning, and you have a runner on. That costs them the game.
0: No, 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 no. It did. The game, the game was won or lost right there. And it came down to Michael Harris making one of the best catches you'll see in the postseason. If he doesn't make that catch, it's a tie game. If he makes that catch, you lose. That's fine. You live with it. Nick Castellanos hit a ball 400 feet to deep right center field. Hats off to Michael Harris. You made a great catch, but it's absolutely the right call. And I have a million years of running the bases and playing professional baseball to prove that that's how you run the bases. You don't go back to first base and try and tag with then two outs. You try and score. And you just assume that that guy's not going to make an incredible catch. And if he does, great. Ball game over. That sucks. Hats off to you. Great play. If not, I'm scoring. That's the game. That's it. The game was won or lost right there. Bryce Harper let it all out on the line right there. And I have no problems with him Running the bases like that, and nobody should. It was not a base running mistake, and I will live and die by that.
1: You even said, though, you said you you do these drills and you're taught, go to second base and go as far as you think you can to make it back to first if it's caught. Mm -hmm. He went over and then he even slipped trying to get back to first Mm -hmm. base.
0: You want to know the differences? The slip. The playoffs, the ninth inning, one out, becomes two outs if that play is made, this is a completely different situation. That's how you run the bases if you're in the, the second inning and you're a runner on first with one out. I'm going to run as far as I can, and if he makes the play, I get back. When the game is all the way down, that was the game.
1: Yeah, but if you have an opportunity to still not get a double play and have one more out available, you have you have an opportunity to tie the game. It's not, it's not the game's over <laughs> just because... Michael Harris made an incredible catch. Of course the game's not
0: over. But the odds of you scoring in a one-run game when you're on first base with two outs in the ninth inning are minuscule. The odds of Michael Harris the second making that catch are minuscule. That's why you take the chance. If you go back to first base and you're safe with two outs, great. It's going to take two hits off of a dominant closer for me to even come close to scoring. But you take the chances that that center fielder doesn't make that incredible play. You'd much rather those odds. There, were a much, there was a much better chance that Michael Harris II doesn't make that catch than the Phillies getting two hits after having two outs in the ninth inning. You're playing the percentages there. He went all out to try and score. I have no problems with that play. Nobody should. It was the right call. It was.
1: So, up until that moment, I think the Phillies had all the momentum. In this series, right? So, yeah, oh is this yeah. the moment? Is this play the moment that could swing the momentum back over to the Braves?
0: Well, this is the play that I mean, yes, changed this series. It, obviously, we can sit here and talk about why this play was important, right? The yeah. Atlanta Braves won the game on one of the greatest postseason plays you'll see to end a game. But why was it so important? Because it changes everything in this series, if the Braves lose that game, if they lose the first two games at home and then have to go on the road, the odds say they have an 11% chance of continuing on to win that series. They'd have to win three in a row, 11% chance over the course of time and history in Major League Baseball. Them winning that game and it being one-to-one, it's about a 40% chance. So about a 30% chance higher of winning the series now Solely because they ended up coming back and winning that game. That is why it is so vital that they came back. If they go down 0-2, Alex, I mean, you, you got a 10% chance of winning. This changed everything. Not only do the odds speak to that, yeah. the momentum that they now have. Yeah. The bats have awoken. The team awoke. The stadium was rocking. I mean, it was registering on, like, the Richter scale yeah, out it there. Was. This changed everything. The Braves went from down and out, dead. They were about to be one, two, three, Cancun. Now it's one-one in this series. (laughs) They have plenty of opportunities to come (laughs) back. And I totally believe they can because the bats finally arrived. It took, it took 16 innings for them to show up. But they've finally arrived, and now they're going to Philly with all the momentum. And that's weird to say because it's 1-1, and if you're the Phillies, all you want is to win one. Yeah. But the way this all shaped out, now the Braves have that momentum because it looked like for all the world that they were going to be 0-2 heading to Philly.
1: Which, oof, especially with those Phillies fans. So the Braves were lucky that they didn't go down 0-2. Yeah. But there's another team that wasn't that lucky here tonight, the Dodgers going down 0-2 to the D-backs, losing both of their games at home. What went wrong for the Dodgers?
0: Pitching. And and this this was my worry about the Dodgers heading into the postseason. They're pitching. Mm -hmm. Who do they turn to? Clayton Kershaw is not the Clayton Kershaw that's going to go into the Hall of Fame. No. He's out there... Trying. He's out there throwing upper 80s to 90 right now. It's, it's, he's not the same guy. Bobby Miller, I love Bobby Miller, but no experience in the yeah. postseason. What are you going to get out of the kid in his first start in the postseason? The odds of him coming out and dominating in his first ever postseason start, not great. And then follow up what he did to what we what he saw happen to Clayton Kershaw, yeah. I would have much rather see Bobby Miller throw game one because I think he has playoff stuff And then he had to go out and watch what Clayton Kershaw did and get rocked in that first start. When we all know right now, at this point in their careers, Bobby Miller has better stuff than Clayton Kershaw. I would have loved for Dave Roberts to say, Bobby, you are our guy. And if we're going to get to the World Series, it's going to be because we believe in you and the stuff you have. Instead, he ended up going game two the day after getting Clayton Kershaw rocked out there. We all know he had his 162 ERA after his Mm -hmm. start. Well, after two starts, the Los Angeles Dodgers have a team starting pitching ERA of 42. You're not going to win many games when you're giving up six earned runs and getting zero outs and then three earned runs and getting five outs in a start if you're Bobby Miller. It's the pitching. It has been atrocious and that it just had to be better. It was my worry all along, and it's, it has been just what I expected it to be.
1: I mean, they combined for two innings between the two of them to start their first two starters combined for two innings, and it was the team's worst start through two games in postseason history. Yeah. Like, it, it is brutal. So at this point, I mean, obviously the pitching wasn't there, but the hitting wasn't there either. It, when, when your star guys aren't showing up, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, you have to question, does, <clears throat> when the starting pitcher struggled the way they did, does that have an effect on the hitting at all?
0: It absolutely does. And, and yes, I can, you can ask me what the big concern is. And I can tell you, it's the pitching. A 40.25 ERA for the starters over their first two playoff games. The worst in baseball history. Yeah. Okay? But what that also affects, obviously, we know giving up up runs is not good for your team. You want to win games? Give up less runs. But what it also does, Alex, is it affects the offense. And myself personally, playing in a game, when I go out in the field Game starts, I'm all pumped up, ready to go. By the time I can even turn around and, and look, who's, look at the crowd, yeah. it's three nothing. And then we have to go hit. What that does is makes everybody in the lineup press. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not sticking with your normal approach. You feel like you need to do more than your normal approach. And when you're trying too hard and doing more, that really doesn't work ever in life, right? You're there for a reason. Keep that going. But when you're giving up runs and runs and runs early in the game, the offense feels like they're constantly playing catch up and you can't ever catch up. Add on top of that, that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman have been awful in this series. Yeah. They are the team. They're the MVP guys. Yeah. Mookie Betts doesn't have a hit in the series. Freddie's got a hit in the series. Mookie Betts going back to the 2022 playoffs is hitting 130 in the postseason. Mm. This is a problem. When you look at this Dodgers team, and this is why earlier in the year I said the most important duo to their team's offense is Mookie and Freddie. Why? Because their lineup isn't as deep as the Atlanta Braves, right? One through nine. Their lineup has two of the best hitters of all time, in it? Yeah. But if they're not hitting, they're screwed. And that's what we're seeing right now. Mookie and Freddie aren't hitting. It's a snowball effect. The pitching is struggling. Mookie and Freddie probably feel like we're the leaders of this team. We have to do more. If you go out and get a shutdown inning in the first inning and then your team can come to the plate in a tie game in front of your home crowd that's still piling in off the 405 out here in Los Angeles, they're still all filing in. They didn't even see the top half of the first. Then they get in there and Mookie's at the plate and you're like, great, you're just in time. Mookie hits a homer. The vibes are totally different. But going out there and giving up those runs, it really does. Mm -hmm. Trust me, it really affects the offense and the way they go about their at-bats. And we're seeing that right now.
1: Well, then another question for you. Because we saw two of the top offenses in the regular season really struggle in the first two games. The Braves finally figured it out in the seventh inning tonight. But the Dodgers still haven't figured it out. How much does that five-day off-rest period affect their timing in the box?
0: Look, I, I, really, I really do think this is becoming a factor, and I've been saying it since this format got implemented last year. Yeah. This is going to be a thing. This off day, these five days off, is not good. And I, I'm not criticizing the format. I love the format yeah. currently, actually. But teams are going to have to figure it out. John Smoltz said as much recently on the show. It is what it is. Yeah. You got to figure it yeah. out, right? The Astros have figured it out, and we'll talk about them in a second. That series is one one, but they won game one, right? Yeah. The first game after that layoff, and they did last year as well. Mm-hmm. So what do these other teams need to do to figure it out? Because now, for a couple of years in a row, we see these teams come out of the gates and struggle. And if you're out there saying, well, you, you do have, you, you, you just, it, that doesn't amount to anything. Like, it's baseball. Let me tell you something. I played baseball for a long time. I played baseball five years professionally. When you're when you're playing professional baseball, you play 142 games. Yeah. There was one year I played 142 games in about 150 days. Yeah. So those off days are rare. Yeah. Now I could tell when I would go up to the plate after an off day. I could tell it was just a little bit off. Right. Your eyes are your eyes don't adjust the same. Uh, you've, your swing feels just a little tick off. Your timing feels just a smidge off. After one off day, I could tell every single time, especially when you're playing every single day. Mm-hmm. You can tell when something's off. So to throw five off days at you? Yeah. Well, that just a gets lot. more and more and more every day. So it really matters what you're doing in that downtime, and scrimmages are tough to implement what you're feeling in an actual game. It really does matter. And five days is a long time. And look at what we're seeing with these teams. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Braves, offense wasn't there in game one. And it wasn't there for the first six, seven innings mm-hmm. of game two. The Baltimore Orioles, not, offense was not there in game one. Yeah. The Los Angeles Dodgers, you're not going to win playoff games by scoring four runs in two games. Four runs total in two games. That ain't going to cut it. Mm-mm. These offenses have come out sluggish, and it really does affect your timing when you're in that box and you've been off for a couple of days. Alex, I, I'm, I'm serious. People have thought I, I'm joking about this when I say it. Yeah. When you're facing 100 miles an hour, it's 100 miles an hour. You have hundredths of a second to adjust. read the pitch, yeah. adjust, and sling. I'm legitimately in the box facing 100. Timing my blinking.
1: Yeah, you have Pitchers to. Pitchers
0: coming set, I'm timing my blinking. Because if my blinking is off, I'm screwed. I'm done. So when you have that off day, mm-hmm. it really just kind of affects everything your body knows and does. When you have five in a row, it really affects it. So yes, these off days, they really are affecting teams. And I hope teams of the future realize, look, we got we got to do something. Sim we games. got to do something yeah. different. Because what we've been doing it hasn't, been, it hasn't been working. No, so we'll and we're see. seeing it
1: with all the top seeds. Another top team that is now down 0-2 in the series, the Baltimore Orioles. What's been kind of their whole meltdown? Is it similar to the Dodgers?
0: It is very similar to the Dodgers. But, I mean, you look, the game yesterday was 11-8. Yeah. The offense showed up. You're not going to win giving up 11 runs. Mm. And that's been my worry with this Baltimore Orioles team. Where's where's the guy to turn to, right? Kyle Bradish, yes, he was really good this year and honestly wasn't bad in, in game one. But where's that postseason experience? Then who are you turning to? Yeah. They didn't go out and get that stud at the trade deadline. They just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I had a feeling it was going to come back and bite them in the ass because we look around the league and these pitchers that are stepping up are Big game pitchers. I mean, we'll talk about them in a second, but Pablo Lopez for the Twins and Justin in game one for the Mm -hmm. Astros. It's the stars, right? Yeah. And the Orioles are just dealing with a bunch of postseason inexperience. In game two, they had to throw Grayson Rodriguez out there, who I love Grayson Rodriguez. Great stuff. I think he's going to be really good. Throws 100, has nasty off-speed stuff. But again, playoff No playoff experience, Mm -hmm. so you're relying on this team that has been the best team in the American League all year long, yeah, to rely on inexperienced pitching. And I don't know how many times I need to say it, but playoff baseball's just different. Oh, we're seeing it is, and now they turn to Dean Kramer in Game Three with their season on the line. And then who? And that's the same with the Dodgers, Alex. Yeah. Now what? Lance You're down Lynn? 0-2 to the D-backs, and you got to turn to Lance Lynn on the yeah. mound. And then yeah. who? Where, where are these wins going to come from, for, for either team? Yeah. The Dodgers tonight just felt do or die for, for the Dodgers, and, and last yesterday felt do or die for the Orioles because of their pitching situations. Now, now where do you turn to? You know where where do you go if you're those teams? And I, there are no answers. Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn's going to have to pitch pitch with the season on the line, and that, that ain't that ain't what you want.
1: No, and obviously between Texas and Baltimore, they're two completely different teams. But the good news for I guess Baltimore, if you want to try to find a positive stat here, is the last team to win their first two division series games on the road and not win the series was the Rangers back in 2015. But again. <laughs> Different teams, but it has happened.
0: Yeah, the, the Rangers deserve the Rangers deserve a lot of credit yeah. for, for the way they played on the road in Baltimore and on the road in Tampa. Look, they haven't played a home game yet in the Which playoffs. Which is crazy to they've, think about. They've, they've won four huge games on the road. against favorited teams yeah. on the road, in the playoffs, against the Rays, and then against the Orioles. The offense has showed up. This Rangers team has been this way all year. Mm-hmm. They live and die by the offense, and it is streaky. But right now... It's hot at the right time. 11 runs in game two of the postseason. Uh, they deserve a lot of credit. But yeah, the last time they were up uh, 2-0 in a five-game series in the playoffs, uh, they lost it. Lost three consecutive games. The 2015 ALDS against the Blue Jays. It did not go well. So no. they're going to hope to write a different script here.
1: You know who else the, the Rangers got a credit for this, this nice little streak they're on? Creed. Apparently, they started they started listening to Creed mid season when the offense wasn't doing well and they were on kind of that like downward spiral. So they started to play Creed before the games, and then they just continued it on into the postseason as their kind of like pump up motivation music.
0: Yeah. So their uh, starting pitcher Andrew Heaney has said that they started it right around the second half, and that he really hopes when the series switches back to Dallas uh-huh. in, to Texas, which it yeah. is now that the stadium's blaring the music and the whole crowd's <laughs> singing along. So, to who Creed. had Andrew Heaney going public saying, hey, we're going to come back and we need the crowd to sing Creed? <laughs> well, I did, but that, yeah. is what, that is what he's calling for.
2: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
1: Uh, All right. Well, let's move on to the Astros and Twins. The series is tied up at a game apiece. And yesterday... It was the twins showing up. So I gotta ask you, how concerned are you about the Astros right now?
0: Very. Yeah. I am I am concerned about the Houston Astros. Why? And well, one, the odds. Mm. The odds are now not for them to go on and, and win this series, right? To 15 and 7. If you're, the, if you're the twins, if yeah. you win game two, 15-7, 68% of the time, Oof. you're going to go on to win that series. Why? And that's since 2000. Why? Well, yeah. because now you get to go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you're the lower seed, right? Theoretically, not the better team. But you just got to win one. And then you go home. Now you have the next two games, the biggest two games of the series at this point, and they're at your home. And we got to watch the Twins' home stadium in the wild card round. Wild. I think that surprised a lot of people. That wild. place was nuts. Now you go back there, that's a huge reason for me of why, one, just what history says, mm-hmm. right? History now says that the Houston Astros aren't going to win this series. Mm. And, yes, they ob- obviously can. They're my World Series champion, right? They obviously can win this series, and there's still a good chance they do. But history says the better chance right now to win this series is the Minnesota Twins because they were able to get one on the road. So that's my first reason of why I am very worried about the Houston Astros winning this series against the Twins. But
1: wait, there's more?
0: But wait, <laughs> there's more. Okay, okay. Next up, Christian Javier is on the mound for game three. Ooh. If this were last year, great. You know what he did in the playoffs last year? He started a game that the Astros threw a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. This year is a little bit different. Four, five, six ERA for Christian Javier this year. It's not the same. So now, in a huge game, mm-hmm. you're taking the mound with a guy that you have a guy on the mound that I, I don't have any confidence in right now. And I don't think he has any confidence right now. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go to a hostile environment mm-hmm. in Minnesota, series on the line, and have to have a pitcher out there that y- you're not super confident in. And then what if you lose that game? Dusty Baker was asked about Justin pitching in game four. He said, probably not. So then what do you do? Then where do you turn? So the way the pitching is unfolding for the Houston Astros is, is a concern, in my opinion, especially game three with Christian Javier on the mound. I like Christian Javier a lot. I think he's got good stuff. But this year, it just hasn't been there. I think he's lost a little bit of confidence. And uh, I think that's shown on the field and it's making me lose a little bit of confidence in the Houston Astros in this series. It really is. But Alex. Yeah? Wait. There's more. Let me guess. Lastly, why am I concerned about the Houston Astros? Two words for you. Two Uh words, one name. Okay. Carlos Correa. Oh, yeah. He's hitting 533 in the postseason this year and 625 this series against the Houston Astros. I've been saying it All year long. All year. Spare me the Carlos Correa struggles. Is he having a good year? No. But when the calendar turns to October, Carlos Correa turns into one of the best players in the entire world. He is one of the most clutch baseball players in October ever. Yeah. He really is. His career, his career batting average, 272. His postseason batting average, 285. 13 points higher. And an OPS of 820 in the regular season and a postseason is 872. Yeah. About 50 points higher. When the calendar turns to October, Carlos Correa becomes the man. And guess what Rocco Baldelli did? Huge credit to Rocco Baldelli, the manager of the Minnesota Twins. Carlos Correa hasn't hit in the four hole in a long time. But guess where he's hitting now? And they asked him about it. He said it's October. Carlos, yeah. Carlos shows up in October. And he's doing that this year. He goes to Houston where obviously a lot of emotions on the line mm-hmm. for everybody involved. By the way, Astros fans booed Correa. Hate that. Hate that. Why'd they do that? Uh, you, we all know what Carlos Correa did for that organization and getting them over the hump and coming mm-hmm. up through there. Of anywhere to boo him, why, why are the Astros doing it? Don't get that. Um, but he's been huge for the Twins in the playoffs. And look, he just passed Derek Jeter and Big Poppy, David Ortiz, and the all-time postseason RBI list. This guy's one of the best postseason hitters of all time. And now he's hot. And that is another reason why I really am worried about the Houston Astros.
1: Well, we knew Carlos Correa was going to have some sort of a revenge game, especially back in Houston, yeah. right? You got to remember, he's got a chip on his shoulder. His replacement won the World Series MVP last year. So you're going back into your home and you're not the guy anymore. Yeah. And also him being everything you just mentioned, Mr. October, basically. Yeah. This was bound to happen. Yep. For Carlos Correa. Now he's going back to his home crowd, bringing the old team in. Yeah. It's dangerous.
0: He is uh, now tied for third on the all-time postseason RBI list with David Justice. Third all-time, passing Jeter and David Ortiz. That is incredible. You want to talk about one of the most clutch postseason hitters of all time? David Ortiz, that guy ripped my heart out so many times. Carlos Correa is proving himself to be one of the most clutch players in postseason history. And that's another reason why I'm worried about the Astros here.
1: Do you still root for Correa?
0: I like Carlos. Even though
1: it's against the team you picked for?
0: My baseball fandom is so weird, It is. Alex. I know, because you have
1: family ties, you have personal ties, yeah. you have friendship, relationship ties. Yeah.
0: I mean, What it, do you want here? It just gets complicated. Well, yeah. I want, I obviously will root for my yeah, brother. Yeah. But like, if I just am watching a, a regular game, I, I'm all over the place. Oh, yeah. go player. Yeah. Go, go go player. Go team. Um, so yeah, it is, it is interesting watching games. And I, I really do, I, I root for Carlos. Carlos is, um carlos is an incredible dude mm-hmm. a really good guy friend of the pod came on he's so knowledgeable about the game and his ability to talk hitting and like really dive in with you and and you can attest to this alex that's yeah. all you want as somebody asking questions is somebody that like that's, just yeah. really dives in and gives you a heartfelt like mm-hmm. genuine deep answer and i feel like he's 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 done that for a long time he did that with me when he came on the show and, um, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a really good dude, and it's good to see him back to being uh, a, a clutch October baseball player.
1: All right. Let's wrap things up with the top three players from day two, game two, because they were split up between two days. And uh, let's start with number three, Mitch Garver.
0: Yeah, Mitch Garver. Uh, so this is uh, game two. Right, game so twos. From today and yesterday, because yes. we didn't have a show yesterday. So these are from all the game twos in the postseason. First up being Mitch Garver. Let's talk about Mitch Garver. The Texas Rangers aren't in the playoffs if it's not for Mitch Garver. And what he did carrying the team when they were playing terrible and when Jonah Heim was out uh-huh. and they were dealing with offensive injuries, Mitch Garver was huge for the Rangers. And now... You start the postseason, and the guy can't even sniff in at bat. Well, guess what? He finally gets an at bat. He hits a grand slam in game two, drove in five runs, had a couple knocks. Mitch Garver was great for them, and it was no surprise to me that the Rangers put him in the lineup, and he did some damage. Good for Mitch Garver.
1: Number two, Pablo Lopez.
0: Yeah, Pablo Lopez, a dominant start on the mound. Seven innings on the mound, seven strikeouts. Zero earned runs. Friend of the pod, Pablo Lopez. Mm -hmm. I love his story. Everybody in his family is doctors. They wanted him to be a doctor. He went to school to be a doctor and decided, I want to play baseball. And the family didn't necessarily love that decision at first, but the guy is out there now as the number one starter for the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs, shutting down one of the best offenses in the game of baseball, especially one of the best offenses in, in the postseason in the Houston Astros. Uh, Pablo Lopez deserves a ton of credit here. Huge pickup. I can't remember a trade that has worked out so well for both teams Mm -hmm. in a long time. Luis Arise goes to Miami. Miami gets into the playoffs, and he wins a batting title. Pablo Lopez goes the other direction and comes to the Minnesota Twins, and he's their number one starter in the playoffs. Had a great year, striking out over 200 batters. Uh, But Pablo Lopez was fantastic and a huge reason why... maybe even the reason why the Twins are going back home in a knotted-up series with the Houston Astros.
1: And number one, the man of the night tonight, Austin Riley.
0: The man of the night. The eighth inning, bottom of the eighth, season on the line. Austin Riley with two outs in the eighth, down one, hits a two-run homer for the lead. The place was going nuts. Austin Riley saved the season Mm -hmm. with that one swing. If he doesn't hit that ball out, brave season's done. They're done. They ain't winning that. They ain't winning the series. If they go to Philly, down 0-2, no, no, no. He saved their season with that one swing in the bottom of the eighth. And then fast forward to the top of the ninth, that play that ended it all. Michael Harris gets a ton of credit for that play, deservedly so. Austin Riley deserves a lot more credit there for what he was doing, playing over at third base, deciding to be, ended up being the play, being in the spot that he needed to be which was just extremely a heads-up defensive play, then has to, not only was he in the right spot because of his baseball IQ, but the play he then had to make, make, you know, having a slow roller to throw it on the run and get Harper at first base, one of the greatest innings, and I know it was too different technically, but it was yeah. a bottom and a top. One of, the greatest, of the half, one of the greatest innings of all time for a player in the postseason. Austin Riley is number one. The Braves are still alive They are because of Austin Riley.
1: Yes, they are. Now they have the momentum heading back to Philly.
0: They do. They have all the momentum now, which you wouldn't have thought that. If, if they, uh-uh. they, they would not have taken it at the very beginning. If you say, you're going to go to Philly in a 1-1 series, they would have said, nah. But the way it all shaped out, it's like, thank God. Yeah, yeah. And that reason is Austin Riley. So Mitch Garver, Pablo Lopez, and Austin Riley round out top three players of Game 2 in the AL and NLDS. Wild. Wild. Yeah. Good stuff, Alex. There go. Today was a blast. Um, by the way, huh. Flippin' Bats Pod. Yeah? The pick of the month Woo! on, on the Apple Podcast Sports category. Thank you to Apple Podcast for that. Thank you to the Flippin' Bats community, by the way. This is a full group effort here. Pick of the month in the sports category on Apple Podcasts. That's really cool. That is. That is really cool. So thank you all for for listening and and continuing to listen to Flippin' Bats. October is always a um, really big month for us and and a a month that we put in a lot of work Mm -hmm. and everybody behind the scenes is all hands on deck for most every single day of October and we can't appreciate you all enough listening. And we can't appreciate Apple Podcasts enough for making us the pick of the month. That is really, really cool. So thank you to the entire Flipping Bats community and Apple Podcasts. But what a day in baseball, Alex!
2: All the game twos
0: are done. Let's do it again tomorrow. Uh, We get the AL games tomorrow. We will be live right after the final game. Mm -hmm. We could get our first clinch of the division series. The Rangers could clinch tomorrow at home. So we will obviously be talking all about that after the Astros and Twins game as well. We will be live immediately following the last out of the final game. But that does it for today. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media including YouTube where you can watch every single thing we do at Flippin Bats Pod for all of them, but that does it for tonight. Until tomorrow, my friends, we will be right back here with another live show. We will see you all then, peace.